It's time for today's travel and cruise industry news. With the latest from travel and cruises around the world, here's your host, Chili Falls. Hey, good morning. Welcome to the Travel and Cruise Industry News Podcast. On this, the 22nd day of December 2023, coming to you from a seasonal Bedford County, Virginia. Uh, it's a little cold out there, but not too terribly bad. We're probably going to get some rain this weekend. Uh, quite a bit of rain, as a matter of fact, but at least it's not the white stuff. So, at any rate, welcome to today's show, guys. I've got a special guest this morning. We'll get to in just a second. The headlines today, an entertainer saves the life of a passenger. Carnival breaks all kinds of records. The kill laying ceremony for Star of the Seas. A rogue wave hit a ship. Cruise guest cars totaled. MAC, MAC, MSC cancels the transatlantic. And lots more live here at 11 o'clock this morning. If you're listening via the podcast, uh, of course, you're always welcome here. You can access the podcast via my blog, which is accessadventure.net or wherever you get your podcasts from, all the big guys. uh, I don't care if it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podchaser, Stitcher, any of them. Just search for Travel and Cruise Industry News, and up pops the fat travel guy. Uh, Today, folks, is National Cookie Exchange Day. So, uh, you know, if you bake cookies for a neighbor, take it to them. They might enjoy it now. I got no cookies here. Other people might be in the same situation. I might like to have a cookie. So, uh, you know, if not, uh, you know, go buy some and, and exchange them. That'd be okay, too. All right. Uh, guys, if you haven't done so already, smash that thumbs up. If you haven't subscribed, please consider doing so. Closing in. I'm 104 away from 5,000 now. So that's definitely getting in striking distance. All right. We... um, I, I, earlier this morning, because of his schedule, I sat down with my friend. Uh, he's more than a friend anymore. Good heavens. He and I work together. We, uh, well, we're almost partners on some things. I worked with him for the whole week of Thanksgiving week. I stay in touch with him when he's on cruise ships or when he's up in Alaska. So we've become particularly close. As a matter of fact, you know, my buddy John, John up in Crookston, Minnesota, John's going on transatlantic on the Epic in the fall of 24. If any of you might want to join him, 
He gets on the Epic in Chivitavecchia and uh, takes it back to, I think it goes to Port Canaveral, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, you know, I don't have anything scheduled for that month either. Of course, I've got several scheduled in a couple months right after that, including one on the Epic. But uh, anyway, uh, you know, I, Nate took care of John again. So, but Nate and I wanted to talk today about the airline industry. Nate has some some spectacular expertise in the airline industry, has been involved in a part of the industry for some 30 years now. So I started off the interview uh, on some information on, you know, last year's meltdown. So with no further ado, uh, here's my buddy, Nate Fillet of Alaska and Yukon Tours. All right, my friend Nate Belay from Alaska and Yukon Tours is back with us. Nate, welcome back to the Travel and Cruise Industry News podcast. Hi, Shelly, and friends. All right. A year ago today, actually, was the start of Southwest Airlines' total meltdown and the trickle-on theory that destroyed uh, uh, Christmas holidays for the air industry. Mm -hmm. Tell us what they've done since then. It seems like Southwest has gotten their act back together pretty well. Yeah. Well, the, the problem is airlines are now migrating from one, sorry, one core system, um, to manage everything. And, uh, and a lot of just it redundancy and, uh, a lot of sometimes it's also based out of fear of what happened can happen is when, uh, you know, like if one system goes down, you know, you normally have others to follow up with it. So at Southwest, they have some technology that just hasn't been replaced uh, since I was born, you know, in a joking manner. Uh, and so they've been gradually moving to a better system and following some different um, industry trends and different software packages and whatnot. So what happened was just a cascade where they started layering systems, whether it was crew scheduling, aircraft routing, uh, the dispatch system, and one crinkle took down the whole system. And eventually what happened was flight attendants weren't where they were, the system thought, thought they were, planes weren't where the system thought they were. And, um, unfortunately, the traveling public just doesn't realize you just can't take two pilots and three flight attendants and find a plane and go. Uh, you have to assign everything. You have to have uh, the plane assigned a route that then is sent to the FAA so they know this tail number. You know, if you look at the back of a plane towards the bottom of the window line or near the tail, you'll see a, a, it's like a serial number. And so that's how uh, they track planes as well as a uh, internal, there's a different number they use. And uh, with that, you have to make sure the plane is good to go. Like certain planes can only do Hawaii or long haul flying versus, you know, Little Rock to Dallas hop or Charlotte to Fort Lauderdale. Uh, and with your crew, there's a lot of rules regarding how much rest you need between your, your travel day. You know, you don't want a pilot fatigued or tired because then you have issues like Southwest has had. <laughs> unfortunately, where they, they haven't killed anybody yet, but they have had planes run off runways and whatnot. A lot of that was just because 
of a mixture of things. But same thing with flight attendants, you can only fly so many hours in a day. And so the system tracks all that. And you got to make sure that they're legal. And then once they get somewhere, where are they going to go next? So it's not like, you, you know, that's what the public doesn't understand. It's just because you see a plane and flight crew, they just can't grab them and say, hey, go work this flight. They've got to plug it in a system, make sure that they're good, and then track them so they also get paid. And that's what happened is everything just fell apart. And it the flights that were pre, some of the flights that weren't affected, like no delays, no problems, they ran. Um, but then flights that were tied up, you know, with the snowball effect, that's what happened. And so now Southwest has been required to pay uh, the headlines say 140 million, but it's actually a lot less than that. Uh, they now have to give you a $75 credit if your flight is three hours late or more, which it's kind of the direction Europe is headed. You know, if your flight is more than four hours delayed in Europe, you get a, a pretty nice payout. And so uh, you got to get that money. And then there is a fine. It's like 35 million, which is a drop in the bucket for a company that makes, <laughs> you know, that much money every year. But uh, in the last year, Southwest has revamped their IT systems. Um, you know, it's not like you just go to Best Buy and buy something off the shelf. They've had to test it, you know, and, and make sure it integrates with everything. All right. You bring up an, a, an interesting question, which I really had never thought about or considered. Let's just look at the pilot himself or mm-hmm. herself. If they regularly fly into uh, one of the New York airports or Logan and Boston or Mm -hmm. uh, Atlanta. Do they have to have a different skill set from, say, the pilot that flies into uh, Richmond and Lexington, Kentucky and St. Louis? Uh, Except for a good ear, no. you know, there are some airports where, especially in South America, where you do need what's called a, a rating, like Bogota, uh, just because of the terrain. Alaska is a very good one. Southeast Alaska, in particular, because of the approaches. Um, you've got different levels of complexities of the airplane. So you have to be even approved to fly that airplane where you have to get trained on it and signed off. Uh, but for the most part in, the, in America, outside of places like Aspen and Vail, you know, where you have this high terrain, you don't really need any special training. Um, but New York and Boston gets rough. But, you know, if people get bored, you know, I urge you to go on YouTube and type in, you know, uh, Kennedy Steve, which is one of the controllers who people have caught on uh, yeah. um, some of these videos and stuff and just hear how quick, you know, they get these, you know, where they're told to go. I mean, planes just don't land and drive around the airport. They're told specifically where to go. And if they don't make the, if they miss a turn or something, it's pretty, pretty chaotic. And I think this goes back to the whole Southwest meltdown, meltdown is the airlines are very, very, uh, I don't want to use the word control, but they, they get very clear and precise instructions about what to do, where to go. And, you know, it's not like you have a little Cessna and you just like in Richmond, you know, you you rent it and take off and go flying. Uh, commercial aviation is much more detailed. It's much more regulated. Um, but, yeah, certain airports have requirements. Uh, you know, Aspen, Juneau, Ketchikan, Sitka, and, of course, like back where I live in Alaska, some of those have special training. But for the most part, no. 
Um, and I'll tell you, it is very, from friends who, you know, work as pilots, you know, it is very unnerving to fly into Boston the first time you go into LaGuardia where uh, you have, you know, all these different approaches where, you know, you normally line up 10 miles or 20 miles outside the runway, which is beautiful to see. You know, you can see it here in Florida. You know, if you come into Fort Lauderdale or Miami, you'll see the planes lined up over the Everglades. Whereas in New York, these guys have to twist and turn and maneuver. And, yeah. you know, you're not lined up to the runway till you're over the stadium, you know, at LaGuardia, for example. Um, so, I mean, you do get some special training in a sense that they review the approaches with you. Um, it is very unnerving, but no. And for Boston Logan, um, you know, it's a very busy airport, but I think New York is the most stressful just because those controllers are so quick and you yeah. got to be paying attention. And if you don't, uh, like I said, it's it's quite the scolding. And it's hard to hear. You know, there, there's a couple channels where they record air traffic control and, um, you know, kind of have audio and visual uh, aids to go along with it. It's even as a guy who's been in a business for a long time, it's still kind of fun to listen to. Um but yeah, but back to the pilots. I mean, they've, you know, they've been training like this for years. You know, they've, especially if you fly for a big airline, you know, you've got thousands of hours. Uh, so they know what to hear, you know, what to listen for in the queues. And I think that's one thing that makes us safe is, or safer is because of the frequency of our flights. Um, you know, we, we've really done a good job in terms of our air traffic control um, and our pilots and, and avoided some situations that would not have turned out so well in other parts of the world. All right. You recently totally ruined me for flying. Sorry. Cause you hooked me up with a, a first class seat mm -hmm. on a Delta flight. And I, yep. I don't know if I can go back to flying uh, and coach again, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Tell me what the Southwest is doing with the seating now. All right. So for bigger guys like us, you know, I've, I'm right on, I don't want to say I'm on the cusp, but I, my weight's been all over the place. I, I used to be 400 pounds and needed two seats and a seatbelt extension. I had the lap band uh, a couple of years ago and sadly I'm on the rebound courtesy of princess and celebrity. Uh, and a lot of times they would, you could buy, it's called a comfort seat where you can buy a second seat. Every airline has this policy um, and it blocks the seat next to you, essentially. Um, Southwest made it more public and visible a couple of years ago where someone like you or me could buy a second seat and it just makes sure that no one sits there. Uh, a friend, Benet Wilson, who's very, very popular in the aviation and av geek uh, um, community, you know, she, she talked about something called the Southwest scoot where someone like me would find someone like you on the plane and, and sit in the adjacent seat. And then we would do what's called we Southwest scoot. We would scoot in a little bit. So it looked like there's no room in that middle seat. So I'd find a bigger person or a customer size at the window or the aisle. Then I would take the, yeah. the other window or aisle made scoot in and it worked pretty well. Um, I, I've had the only open seat on Southwest a couple times. Um, kind of feel bad, but I don't. You know, the thing is, the seats have gotten smaller. Uh, we've gotten less leg room. We've got less padding compared to what I grew up with in the 80s. And it, it's really becoming a lot more uncomfortable. So Southwest recently came out 
with the policy, which is fantastic. Um, and it's been getting some pretty interesting comments on X and Reddit. But now we can still buy that seat, but we get a full refund uh, of that seat. We now get a placard like a boarding pass that we place in the seat so people know that it's taken. And um, that's caused some issues on flights where people question, well, what do you mean about TT? Um, and they'd have to take your word for it. Uh, but now we get that money back. And if you didn't buy one, you just approach the gate agent now uh, and make sure you do this about 45 minutes to an hour before departure. But if you tell the gate agent um, that you would like to use a customer size policy, they will then give you a seat for free and you now pre-board. Um, I don't know. Well, let me phrase. I don't know if you're pre-board before group A or go with the families after group A, but you now get to do that for free. Um, what I don't know is how they handle it if the flight's already full, but yeah. they still have the policy where you can buy that second seat now. And then after departure, you get a refund of that seat, um, which is a great thing. Now, like when I fly Alaska Airlines or American, when I buy, if I buy the, the comfort seat, the one thing I do like is I also get the miles, you know, for that, which is kind of nice, but really it's a, it's a, policy that a lot of airlines have hidden and i don't know why but you have to literally look for you know whether you're google or a search engine and it's called comfort seat and even if you're not big like us uh, or fluffy as i call it uh you know you can still get it and it's fantastic on international flights because some of these newer planes like the 787s and 777s where they used to be roomy and you know, 18 inches of seat seat width, it's now 17. And that inch really makes that a difference. That makes a big I've, difference. Yeah. I, I've been on a plane where they even had no space between the seats at all. Like right now, there's a, a little bit of a gap. This plane had none whatsoever. And that was on Air Transat, a Canadian uh, airline. And let me tell you, those seats are horrible. Um, and even on that one, I don't know if they even have a a comfort seat, but I would definitely try to do that. Uh, you know, and even recently they had a, um, a customer on another airline buy a seat for their infant, which you can do. Um, you have to have an FAA approved car seat and some airlines want you to hold the baby during takeoff and landing, but you know, you don't want to be holding a kid for 10 hours. And so they didn't, they bought the middle seat for their kid and the flight attendants tried to put someone in there <laughs> And the parents put their feet down and says, no, we, we bought this seat and uh, caused an interesting stir. But it goes all back to um, comfort levels, you know, you know, just like with my background, uh, you know, flights are getting fuller and fuller. Um, there's nowhere to move people when stuff happens. You know, this isn't the early 80s and 90s when load factor was two thirds. And when you cancel a flight, it was easy to rebook people and, and get them where they need to go. Now, with these load factors approaching damn near 100, there's just no room. And um, it's caused quite the, the stir among uh, society. You know, and it, it's I think there's not a week go by that we hear about some kind of issue or tirade on an airplane or at an airport. And, um, and so that's where I welcome this policy by Southwest, but also warn people who are larger, you know, either do what I did with you where I found you a really good deal on a first class seat um, or, you know, get the comfort seat. And I wish more airlines did that. I wish more airlines had the option to buy 
um, you know, just a, a larger, wider seat. You know, Spirit Airlines, bless their hearts. You know, I, I really like them. I'm not ghetto by any means. I, I know what to expect when I fly Spirit. But I can fly Spirit and get the big front seat, which is essentially a first class seat. Yeah. And it's only 20 to 50 bucks more half the time. Yeah. And um, I didn't mind flying Spirit. I mean, yeah, I, knew, I went in with my eyes open, mm -hmm. but it wasn't that bad to me. Well, even my last flight on Spirit was Seattle to Vegas. And I don't know if it's just the Pacific Northwest laid back feel, but, you know, again, coming from Florida, I mean, I'm used to Spirit. Trust me, I, I'm used yeah. to Spirit. It was the most pleasant, easy flight I've been on. Um, you know, I got to the gate expecting a horde of mishmash and what they call gate lice and people screaming and yelling. And it was the most orderly, calm boarding I've ever experienced to get on a plane. Everyone's pleasant. Um, you know, granted, I had the exit row. No one was next to me. Uh, you know, I, you know, with my credit card, you know, I got, of course, certain perks and everything. So I was aware of the bag fees and paying for everything. But the Wi-Fi was super fast. And, you know, I've flown Frontier on the same route just to give it a try. And Frontier was not, it was a little, little harder. Um, I, my normal go-to is Alaska and American. And of course that's a much different product, but, you know, having the fact, having that open seat next to me, um, and that's just by luck really does make the difference in your travel experience. And that's why I, I let people know, um, you know, you need to look at your budget and go, am I okay with this? Can I handle six hours to Hawaii, you know, on Southwest or on Alaska and realize there might be someone sit, you know, right next to me and encroaching in my space. Or am I going to spend money and either get extra leg room yeah. is first class affordable um, or pay for the exit row um, in that regard. So, so like the Southwest change, I think it's going to make it, it's going to put Southwest a little bit closer on my radar right now. They're not because as much as I travel, I need certain aspects of uh, perks when I travel, including Wi-Fi and power and Southwest has been late to the game when it comes to in-seat power. You know, my laptop just will not last, you know, four hours or longer without a charge. And so that has kept me from Southwest is the lack of seat power. I know that sounds petty, um, but every time I fly, you know, I, if I don't have a seatback TV, I need to watch my movies or whatever. I've got a tablet. But if I need to work, I need to be able to pull up my laptop, hop on Wi-Fi uh, and do what I need to do. All right. We're going into the last couple of days before Christmas. Yep. Unfortunately, we've got a couple major blocks in this country with crappy weather again. Mm -hmm. Do you anticipate things are going to go a lot better than last year? Well, last year we hit rock bottom. Um, it was pretty bad and brutal. I think that anytime the major hubs get wiped out or delayed, uh, we do see some challenges with that. Oh, we lost my camera. Yeah, you lost your camera there, but that's okay. Keep talking. Uh, device is not connected. All right. Hold, 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 hold. Where are you? There you go. All right. All right. So, sorry about that. so, what, so what happens is as planes flow through the network, you know, they're not just going to fly Richmond to New York and back and forth every day. They're going to continue on to New York and go to Montreal. Then from Montreal, maybe Chicago. So as long as 
New York doesn't get affected or the major hubs like Dallas and LA, we should be in good shape. Um, you know, just kind of looking at stuff right now, I, I'm, I'm hopeful and optimistic we have a decent, um, you know, we have a decent Christmas because, you know, if you look at that one image I sent you, we've got a lot of flights and there just isn't any room right now for, for air. Uh, airlines are now wising up to the fact that people do call in sick over Christmas. You know, imagine that one. Um, and so they have done us, you know, there, if, uh, if you can pull up that image I sent you, you know, we do see a quite the sizable reduction in flights, uh, right around Christmas time. Keep talking. Oh, there it is. Uh, and then I got uploaded. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, but the good news is, you know, with this reduction in flights means there are planes sitting around. Um, you know, as long as the systems works, you know, yeah, they can take a, a same like and model of aircraft and replace it. Like if you're doing St. Louis to Denver on a 737-800, you know, and United happens to have an extra one there sitting in St. Louis, they can do that. But yeah, so if you look at that, so yesterday was quite the interesting day uh, in terms of the number of flights. Today, of course, there's a bit less Saturday, Sunday, big reduction, and then Monday, um, you know, it's a little bit, you know, it's less than half of what they flew on the thirty on the 21st. So I think that, you know, this puts us in a better position where we at least have extra aircraft around, not necessarily crew. Uh, but I think Tuesday is going to be the real, is going to be the real nail biter, uh, just because, you know, right now weather's holding out. But all it takes is one mess up in New York to just screw everybody up, including yeah. if you're flying out of Montana. Um, airlines are really trying to trying hard to not, um, you know, spread out their flying as much. Even Frontier Airlines is changing their business model where <laughs> their planes no longer hopscotch across the nation. They literally fly back and forth to the same cities or same hub. Yeah. And, and that's what happens. Like if you look behind me, you know, this was in Nashville a couple of years ago. I mean, literally everything canceled and delayed. And that did cause ripples. Uh, because Southwest is huge in Nashville. So it was causing cancellations out of Denver and Seattle because, guess where that plane is a need for that, you know, Phoenix Vegas flight? Oh, it's sitting in Nashville. Um, Where's that crew? And so I think airlines are now getting more redundant uh, with it. And we don't see this anywhere else in the world because no else in the world is as busy as we are. People forget that. They, they forget that America, you know, has the largest air travel system in the world. You know, we... We are a great nation, a great country, uh, but we do heavily rely on air travel. All right. Uh, there's been quite a, a a number of stories here in the last few days, one in particular on um, Air Canada on a rather large fine that was um, given to them for uh, a handicapped individual. Correct. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, what happened, and and kind of the fallback that we're finding from some of the other similar instances. Yeah, well, it's, it's causing some Me Too incidents, uh, which are issues, and I think that those are completely separate. When you need assistance, uh, whether it's meet and assist, wheelchair, um, Full non-ambulatory wheelchair assistance. You know, we have four types in the system of wheelchair assistance. You got to make sure, number one, you pick the right one. Uh, and like I said, with, with your travel, I put two of them. <laughs> so I hope that worked. 
uh, just to let them know, hey, this this isn't someone who can just walk on on and off an airplane. Uh, but the airlines are then required when you have this in your booking in advance. Now, I, I do believe the cutoff is I got to look at the regs, but it used to be like six hours notice um, with certain things. Some of them, they the moment you book, um, you know, you can book up to an hour before. They need to be able to help you on and off the airplane, uh, which is called a straight back wheelchair. And the airline employees don't necessarily do that. They farm it out to another company. Um, and that's what also is a challenge is they have to pay for that service. Uh, so when you see these wheelchair folks lined up in a jetway and no one's there, that costs the airlines actual money. Uh, so please don't request it if you don't need it. You know, everyone's like, eh, they're cutting the line. But what happens is the Air, Air Canada failed to have their contractor show up and assist this customer who is 100% paraplegic, non-ambulatory, in row 12, get off the airplane. So the airplane had to plane and the flight crew is getting ready to walk off and they're like what are you still doing here and the guy's like i can't walk and flight crew's like oh this is a problem they called operations operations is trying to figure out where this person is the gate agent was a renting agent which means it was a non-employee it was a contractor they didn't really care they were probably too busy playing sudoku to to look at their inbound and say oh i've got you know one or two wheelchairs yeah. yeah well and actually look and see what we call specials. You know, do we have any specials we need to take care of? Meet and assist. We have children, wheelchairs. You know, it is, there is a checklist for this. Um, it's not like it just happens out of the blue. And they actually could not find anybody, uh, which I think is definitely a fault of the carrier. Uh, they, uh, you know, even as a manager, I've done it. I've grabbed a wheelchair and a cart and, you know, I've, I've, I've walked people on an airplane almost lit Honolulu by accident, <laughs> you know, helping somebody on an airplane. They, they made us wait till last to board, but um, they made this poor customer crawl off the airplane. And that is a big no, no. Um, you know, it's, it's not asking a whole lot. And um, it is very disheartening to read. And what's funny is how quick the DOT acted on this as well as uh, CTA, which is Canadian Transport Authority or, um, you know, their their version of the DOT. And this happened in October and they just got the fine, which, you know, bless their hearts, you know, meant this was definitely a big screw up. Yeah. Uh, but airlines are supposed to do this. So if they I see 48 days from the yeah. incident, WCHR, WCHS um, are some of the normal codes we put in the system. And, you know, they're supposed to help you. Now that help starts at the ticket counter. So that's one misnomer I need to make sure people are aware of. You know, they're not going to be sitting there at the curbside waiting for you. Um, the airline's responsibility does not start till you get to the ticket counter. You know, then they put you in a chair and wheel you over. So you got to get to the counter, um, you know, with the different codes. And I think this is important. You know, you can select it yourself or a travel agent. Make sure it's the right one. Because like him, he, he would have been what's called a straight back, where we have to actually lift you up, put you in a chair, and then take you off the airplane. And it requires two people. Many of us call that the aisle chair. Yeah, the aisle chair. Yeah, we, we call it, it's called a straight back because yeah. it's highly uncomfortable. It's horrible, tiny little chair. You know, when I first saw it when I was 18, I'm like, how do we get people 400 plus And then you, you got to have people that can lift my fat ass up, yes. and, you know, 
to get me there if mm -hmm. I was using one. Yeah, and this goes back to coding, and this will lead into our next story. You know, if if it's not proper, you need to find out why it's not proper. Did the, did the travel agent book it wrong? Did the customer not tell them, you know, the exact uh, needs? And a lot of that falls back on the customer. You know, if you're booking on your own and you don't ask, you know, and you don't know, then you can get stuck just like you with your Delta flight. Um, you know, and I, I hope I'm not violating too much privacy here, but, you know, you happen to, you travel with something else. And I made a comment, we need to submit the paperwork for that. Um, yeah. That's unique to Delta. Some airlines, you just, you put in, you haven't, they let you on. But Delta requires you submit this paperwork in advance. They verify the model and the type. People have been left behind for not doing that. And that falls on the customer because they don't know. And so I think that's, you know, into this next story about this recent guy uh, who's now complaining all over social media that Delta did in his system. Well, he didn't book it. You know, as an airline employee, you know, I've been there. I've, I've seen people walk up to the gate who clearly needed assistance and they didn't request it. Well, that's not on the airline. So yeah. don't think you can file a DOT complaint like with you. If you show up and you forget to mark that, you know, you're essentially what we call straight back. We don't know. You can't sue us. You can't file a complaint. And that's what happened here with this recent incident. Um, you know, it's really, he's trying to really trash Delta. Um, and he had to do the same. He had to crawl off the airplane. And, you know, again, it's horrible to read, but that's all on the traveler. You know, Delta gives you that option. If you go and book a flight on Delta, it tells you at the bottom, what kind of assistance do you need? Um, but again, if we don't know, the airlines can't plan, you know, just like with Air Canada, they had, I mean, this guy booked a month and a half in advance and, you know, that, that's on a list to check and see, do we have any specials coming in? Do we have any specials going out? Who's our inbound connections? Do we have any, you know, you know, to look at things like unaccompanied minors and your wheelchair count, that's just normal. You know, that that's, that's airline 101. And, you know, at Air Canada, they clearly drop the ball on this one. Other airlines have, uh, you know, the mistreatment of wheelchairs, I think, is also disheartening. You know, that's hitting the news again because we know better. They're heavy. Don't get me wrong. But we also know it's coming. You know, the rampers see that. When the rampers see, again, the code of the WCHS and the system in WCHL, we know we're going to have a powered wheelchair. And we have, even when I was at US Air, we had special boxes to take the batteries out and put them in the, you know, the wet batteries, you know, way back in the day. Um, you know, and, and I knew as in management, hey, we need to make sure we have extra rampers to, you know, help load and offload this wheelchair. Um, and we had it ready. And trust me, if we didn't, they, you know, we put the fear in God on our staff that, you know, hey, we need to give these people their dignity. Um, you know, granted that was down in Key West, we got quite a bit. Um, same thing in the other stations I was in charge of, uh, Tallahassee, Gainesville, and Sarasota. Sarasota especially. Um, you know, but back to rounding up the thing, don't, you know, make sure that the airline know you need help, but also don't become Jetbridge Jesus, where you get to Palm Beach and suddenly you dart off the airplane and leave that wheelchair person sitting there. Um, because that does cost the airlines every time you, you do request it. And I also, in fairness, <clears throat> have to say, that because all of my recent flights, which, you know, I went almost a whole year without flying, but with my recent flights done properly, I have had no problems. Mm -hmm. um, either with assistance getting on and off the plane, 
Uh, of course, I take my own chair now, you know, so I've avoided a couple of the things that, you know, were not real comfortable for me. So mm -hmm. I've, I've avoided that. Yeah. But man, I've just had, and, and even, you know, when I get to the gate, uh, not only does the ticket agent come out and go over everything with me, mm -hmm. then she's been sending out the uh, ramp agent mm -hmm. to go over everything with to make sure he knows how to, you know, put my yeah. chair out of gear and so forth. I, I mean, I just can't ask for anymore. So when it's yeah. done right, folks, it's really done right. Well, you just like when you're cruising and I'll part your travel, you need a plan for this. And I think that is that is where I think we, we still have some some challenges, you know, like when you go on a cruise, you know, the airline's responsibility ends at the curb, you know, and it starts at the counter. You know, whereas with someone like you, if you take the the cruise tour transfer, um, you know, you, we need to make sure that we get you assistance all the way through. Not just, you know, I see it in Orlando too much, unfortunately, when, you know, I go to walk across the street to get my car. I see all these people sitting there in wheelchairs and it's because they've just been dumped. Um, you know, if you're traveling alone, you know, please reconsider that. You know, you, you have someone with you. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck. Um, you know, the folks, the airline's responsibility is only to help you not your luggage, not carry about your pets or anything. So that needs to be brought into consideration as well. Um, you know, just like with the cruise lines, you know, you got to make sure you let them know. If they don't know, they can't help you. And, you know, work with the travel agent or call the airline, um, get someone knowledgeable. Some of the airlines even have a special services desk who can help you with this. You know, like, like especially someone in your case, I would never book you on a connection of anywhere under 45 minutes. Yeah. And yet that's normal for Dallas. I, someone had a 35 minute connection in a wheelchair. I'm like, no, ain't going to happen. Yeah. yeah. You might have to get on that stupid train and ride it around in circles for yeah. 30 minutes. And it's stuff you got to think about. And even Atlanta, I think Delta does a 40 minute connection, which don't get me wrong. Atlanta's got moving sidewalks and everything, but it's still a mile and a half from one yeah, end to the other. If you're one end to the other, it takes some time. Yeah. It, you know, people need to think about that and plan on it. Um, you know, and again, it all kind of ties in together. There are ways to help make your travel better. Um, but I highly encourage everyone, um, to, you know, look at, you know, this new Southwest policy to look at a comfort seat, make sure this is on your list. If you do have any special needs, even if you have a service animal, I, I hate, I, I know this sounds like I'm breaking a law Buy a damn seat. Buy an extra seat for that dog. That way you're both comfortable. I've seen so many people crammed with this 50 pound dog between their legs or encroaching on someone else's space. And right now the ADA does not require you buy a second seat, but as an airline past airline manager, <laughs> we'd see so many of these larger dogs and there's just nowhere for them to fit. Um, one airline I helped get certified. Uh, that's one thing we did. We did an exercise with uh, some folks we it was weird <laughs> people were laughing because we had an all-company email go out and say hey please bring your dogs in I'm like what you know and we literally went through two of the airplanes and we you know i made them with the director of in-flight customer service i said let's make sure these animals can fit and we have a plan to have a handle stuff like this um and it was you know ceo loved it when he came out and saw what we were doing he's like like, why do I need to bring Fifi as a little toy dog? But we were more after the bigger animals. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting just to see how much, you know, comfortable it makes it when you do have that second seat booked um, 
for anything. And so it's called a comfort seat. Again, they, they can't question you. Um, you can get it for the same fare you paid. Uh, doesn't work on upgrades, just so you know. Um, if you do want premium economy or extra legroom, you do have to pay for that upgrade. And you can't get it in the exit row. Uh, that is one thing that they're, they are hell-bent on, is you can't use a comfort seat in the exit row. But other than that, you know, a lot of it's just making sure you travel with your eyes wide open. You know, whether uh, you need assistance with the wheelchair, um, if you are a little bit larger, um, you know, even be cognizant of your connection. You know, just like I said, looking behind me, no, nobody could have planned for this in Nashville. This was a freak weather incident, and they ran out of de-icing fluid uh, just because Nashville at the time didn't really have winter. Yeah. Um, but no, they, they did. They ran out of de-icing fluid, and they were down for two days. Um, and there was no uh, carols to be had. You didn't want to even drive, to be honest. So the highways were a mess. Um, but, you know, but have contingencies. And luckily, I think this Christmas will be okay. Uh, New Year's, I haven't looked at the forecast, but um, I think airlines are learning a little bit better, yeah. you know, with, with drawing down their schedules more, um, you know, and having extra crews and extra planes sitting around. And I, and I think that's the other thing is I hope people, your, your listeners and viewers understand, you know, just because you see a pilot in a plane doesn't mean they can take it, right. you know, when your flight cancels. All right, Nate, I got to get back to work here. Do a little Good news deal. this morning. All right. Well, well, first, again, thanks, Nate, for being with us, bringing us information like you always do. Yep. And just, my friend, have a wonderful holiday. Yep. Uh, actually, be in Orlando of all places. So, avoiding nice. Alaska right now, weather's kind of garbage. And okay. so, and then I've got another cruise on the 28th. So, I'm just going to stay in Florida till uh, I get on Enchanted on the 28th. Nice. All right, good All right, deal, well, Let us know how enchanted is. Can't wait. All right, that's Nate Belay, Alaska and Yukon Tours. Thanks, Nate. All right, bye, guys. Yeah, there we go. Make sure I got the I got the audio on. It's always good to talk to Nate. Uh, one of the most fascinating days I ever spent when I was in Skagway sitting in Nate's office and listening to him do a training session with an airline staff that was Spanish speaking on their booking system. And uh, it, uh, it was pretty fascinating with, with his knowledge and just his breadth of knowledge in the airline industry. So that was a fun day. All right. I'll be back with today's news after a quick break from one of our network sponsors. Okay, the top story today, folks, comes from an entertainer <laughs> on Anthem of the Seas. I'm calling it today's Hero Award goes to the cruise ship entertainer who stepped in and saved the life of a 58-year-old passenger on Anthem of the Seas, who was on a seven-day cruise uh, from New Jersey to the Bahamas when passenger Joe Kutza began experiencing cardiac distress. Juggler comedian Pete Matthews had just changed clothes for his performance and gotten a drink for his wife when the commotion outside his stateroom grabbed his attention these guys, probably in their 30s, were shouting, Dad, Dad, don't die, Dad. It was a real panic 
I ran down the corridor, dressed and ready for my show, and saw a chap on the floor, slumped against the wall. The 50-year-old resident of West Parley, UK, sprung into action and began administering cardiopulmonary resuscitation with the help of another guest. After five minutes of CPR, medics arrived and Matthews had to quickly redirect his focus to perform on stage. Now, folks, I I have to tell you, because I have been in a similar situation, and I'm okay in the midst of, you know, what's going on. After it's over, I come unglued completely. Can you imagine something that's that adrenaline rushing, and it really is, and all of a sudden, I mean, literally within seconds, you have to go juggle axes? Yeah, no. I don't think so. But that's what this guy had to do. He had to go juggle axes. Uh, Despite his successful performance, Matthews admitted that he was shaken by the incident and his hands were trembling during the entire show. Yeah, trembling with an axe? Yeah, no, I don't think that's a very good idea. Uh, Once he was off stage and told by the staff that Kutza was going to be okay, Matthews couldn't contain his emotions any longer and wept with relief. During a hospital visit to check up on Kutza, Matthews was introduced as the man that saved his life. The performer described the meeting saying, he shook my hand, pulled me into a hug and said, God bless you. I love you, man. Yeah, very nice story. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Kutza has now uh, gone home to Pennsylvania with his family to recover. And uh, Matthews is keeping in touch with him. That might be a friendship that will last forever. So, good story. Uh, congratulations to, to both of them. All right, the next story today, folks, comes from Carnival. Carnival's annual revenues reached an all-time high of $21.6 billion in 2023 thanks to the company's successful strategies and growing popularity of cruising. Notably, the fourth quarter of 2023 saw record revenues of $5.4 billion emphasizing the strong demand for cruise vacations. Furthermore, the company experienced record-breaking booking volumes during Black Friday and Cyber Monday, both positive signals for future revenue. All right, the next story today comes from uh, their competition. Royal Caribbean celebrated the official start of construction on another mega cruise ship this week with the first block of Star of the Seas was laid. Star of the Seas will be the second Icon-class ship from Royal Caribbean and will be one of, if not the largest cruise ship ever built when the vessel debuts in 2025. While the cruise line has not officially announced if Star of the Seas will be larger than Icon of the Seas, They have traditionally made each successive new ship 
slightly larger in any one of a number of categories. It could be, you know, four inches longer, uh, you know, six cubic tons larger, whatever. I mean, there's all kinds of things to make it larger. It doesn't have to be much larger to be considered larger. The kill-layering ceremony of Star of the Seas took place at Meyer Turku Shipyard in Turku, Finland. Laying of the kill marks the official start of construction on a new ship as the blocks will begin to come together to form the ship itself. Star of the Seas will home port in Port Canaveral starting in August of 2025 and sail long cruises to the Caribbean. Boy, here's one that I'm not familiar uh, with at all, folks. <laughs> and the picture is not there. Okay. Ernie Gruten expedition ship MS Maud was damaged by a rogue wave while sailing in the North Sea between Norway, Denmark, and the, Denmark and the UK uh, yesterday. Windows were broken in the incident, including windows on the bridge. And the ship lost power for a brief time, was temporarily adrift. No serious injuries were reported, and the ship is now receiving navigational assistance. While MS Maud can welcome 532 passengers, only 266 were on board at the time. Also on board are 131 crew members who will do everything possible to ensure that the guests remain comfortable in these challenging conditions. Uh, MS Maud's next cruise, a 13-night Christmas expedition to various ports in Norway, is reported as canceled, so the damage to the vessel can be assessed and repaired. By the way, folks, currently they were traveling at two to three knots, so they're going really slow. Of course, if they got no windows in the bridge, yeah, you might see why they'd slow down a little bit. Just saying. Speaking of freak storms, guests who enjoyed Carnival Sunshine's December 14th sailing had an unpleasant surprise once they arrived back. Arrived. Once they arrived. Once they arrived back in Charleston, South Carolina, and that it was actually Monday that uh, this happened, the ship was delayed on returning to her home port due to rough weather while sailing back from the Bahamas, but that was only the beginning of passengers' difficulties in getting home. The vicious coastal storm that contributed to the ship's delay caused extensive flooding in Charleston, including several feet of flooding in the cruise terminal parking lots. Port employees remained on site until all passengers had been able to leave the terminal and parking area and helped impacted passengers collect all necessary documentation to file reports with their insurance companies. The staff helped call tow companies pumped water out of vehicles, provided jump starts, and assisted with finding transportation to local hotels if needed. 
Now, uh, that raises an interesting question. It said that they provided jump starts. I was under the impression that seawater killed the car. But if they needed to jump, does that mean that after it was sat in water, they were some were able to at least get started? And then I wonder how they ran. I'm just, just, just saying. If anybody knows, because I don't know, I'm I've never had a car in water, so I can't really, uh, you know, attest that anywhere, one way or the other. All right. And finally, today, as far as the news goes, the MSC side will no longer be offering her planned transatlantic cruise poised to depart Fort de France, uh, Martinique, on April 6, 2024. As book guests have been notified that the sailing has been canceled. The cruise was to have marked the end of the ship's winter Caribbean season and a move her across to the Mediterranean for the 2024 summer season. Along the way, the 17-night cruise was going to stop a bunch of places, several Caribbean islands like Guadalupe, Barbados, Antigua, and then Spain and France before arriving in Genoa, Italy, on April the 23rd. Here's where the problem was, and then here's where some people got a little upset about this. They waited until the day after the final payment was due to cancel. Come on. I mean, you're going to have to give up the money anyway. What the hell is that? You know, you knew you were going to cancel the cruise. Why not do it the day before and before people, crawled, you know, they coughed up their money? expecting to go on a cruise, and then you yank the rug out of them. That's just not a good PR move, MSC. Just saying. I know it's not just you. I don't like the way any of the cruise lines uh, treat things like that. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today. Boy, it's been a long show today. With Nate and I got rolling there, and that was a lot of information in today's show, folks. A lot of information. All right, let's see who's fussing at me in the chat room. I'm sure somebody is. SS Titan 2024 version for Joseph Ricker. Okay. Glad you're with us. SS Titan 2024. I'll shorten it a little. Emily's with us. Hello, M. I am out and about this a.m. That's amazing. Steve's with us out in Kentucky. Hey, Steve. Mike from the other side of the pond. Good morning, Mike. Danielle Lopez is with us again. Danielle, nice to have you. Sonny's with us down in Mississippi. Happy Eve before Eve of Christmas. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Sonny. There's Dennis with us. Hi, Dennis. Katie's here. Katie, are you off work yet or are you still working? Bob Stamper's with us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning and a great time on Mariner of the Seas. Highly recommend it. Good for you. I have not been on Mariner of the Seas yet. 
that's one of my, uh, uh, you know, I keep a list. I keep a list of ships that I need to get on. That's on my list. So I'm, I'm, uh, I watch it. Katie says she loved Mariner of the Seas. Roger's with us out, Roger. Our son is taking a princess cruise to Alaska. He has a scuba diving business and he diving opportunities in Alaska. And I sent a message to uh, Roger that he needs to contact Nate. Nate knows more about excursions and uh, things to do in Alaska than anybody I have ever met. I mean, that's his really his main business. So he not only will be able to answer the question on scuba activities, he'll be able to recommend the boat, the captain, and the mate, and has probably been on it himself. So, yeah. Contact Nate. He'll help you out, Roger. I promise you, Roger is not diving. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be diving either, uh, Roger. <laughs> Uh, Katie and Sonny say, hey, to Roger. Uh, Dennis says, St. Bart's is another fun approach. I've heard that, Dennis. I've never flown into St. Bart's. I've gone into St. Bart's on a couple different size boats or ships. You know, I always call them boats. Uh, But I've never flown in there. But I have heard about flying into there. Uh, Emily Brinkley. Hello, Emily. Nice to have you with us. Economy is torturous for us. Yes, it is. Uh, Economy on tall people. It's just like on fluffy people. (laughs) That's a nice way of saying fat. Okay, I don't mind saying I'm fat. Fluffy. Tall's the same way, because you got those damn long legs. And my legs aren't so long, but they're wide. Uh, Roger says um, his daughter Melanie is taking a celebrity cruise out with you to Mexico. Cool. Both of us will not be diving, okay? I like the fact that you're not diving. Uh, Roger, if you go to... um, was that Puerto Vallarta or Mazatlan? I think it was Puerto Vallarta. I went through, you know, you, you go through the, uh, all the touristy crap where they're trying to sell you everything in the world. And you just ignore them and get through the pier buildings and get, when as soon as you go outside the door, like if you're going out to get a cab or something, uh, the first booth on the left, and it's not really a booth, it's more like a open air pagoda, is a bar. And I sitting there at the bar and I rolled out of there last time I was there. And I said, excuse me, can I ask you a question? And he said, certainly, senor. I said, do you have pina coladas? He says, oh, yeah, make a good pina colada. And I said, well, how much are they? 
And he says, $5. I said, what? He says, $5. Is that too much? I said, no, no, no. That $5 is wonderful. And I'm thinking I'm going to get a pina colada about this doll for $5. Well, what the hell? I got what is it? You know, it's humongous drink. I sat there all afternoon drinking pina coladas. I loved them. And ended up with oh, a bunch of people from the cruise came back and I'm saying, hey, guys, look at this. Five bucks. So they sit down and they ordered. So we ended up with half the cruise ship sitting there drinking pina coladas for five bucks. That was so much fun. Uh, Hot Air Tom is with us, listening in the car. He's on his way to Waldorf, Maryland. Now, he does say, we are in the car. Now, that tells me something very important, uh, folks. Cindy will be able to get her own donuts this trip, as opposed to leaving it up to Hot Air Tom to bring them home to her which he doesn't do. He eats the damn things before he gets there and she ends up with no donuts. Just saying. He says we. That means Cindy's in the car and she's going to get donuts on this trip. Either that or she'll throw him out. How's that? SS Titan 2024 says hi there in chat. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Katie says, safe travels, Tom. Sonny says, how's the weather and or flooding, Tom? Um, at Waldorf, Maryland, I don't, I don't think they're having any flooding. I don't know. There might be some, though, once you get up in some of those rivers. Joanne's here. Hi, Joanne. Merry Christmas to all. Robert's with us. Good morning, Robert. Sorry so late, but I wanted to say Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everyone before we all leave each other for the weekend. Katie says, Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you very much. There's Pam. Pam's with us. Hi, Pam. Nice to have you. Hot Air says, our wheelchair problem is that we have our own. That is uh, gate checked. Airlines don't have a wheelchair option for that. And many times there is a wheelchair, an agent waiting for us. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I just tell them, I said, you know, look, guys, I know you're here for me and I don't need you unless you just want to, you know, help me out, uh, which is fine. Which, I mean, it takes me some time to get out of the chair, but I can get my way into the seat as long as I'm in the front you know, five or six rows. Okay. I can walk that much, but I mean, I still have to pull the battery. I have to pull my, my uh, pad out. I have to make sure it's out of gear so they can push it. Uh, so I have to do all those things. So it's nice if, if somebody's there that can actually uh, help me a little bit. Of course, uh, you know, Hot Air Tom and Cindy are in a little different situation because Hot Air Tom has helped Cindy forever. And now Hot Air Tom is, you know, just as almost as disabled as Cindy. So, you know, he's got knee problems now. Uh, Hot Air says weather is fine and uh, sunny and no flooding. Uh, That's good to know. Katie says she's been off all week. Ah, good. 
get a little nice little break here at uh, for Christmas. That's cool. And Roger says Cozumel only Mexico stop on a five day cruise. Key West will uh, if Key West will let us in in April. Okay, so you're you're on the inside. You're on the eastern side. Uh, yeah, Cozumel. Oh yeah, there's there's some great there's some great scuba diving all off the coast of of Cozumel, both the island itself and the coast uh, of uh, Mexico. And also, if you get even down closer to um, Belize, you've got the Tenerife Reef, which is some of the best diving in the world. So, yeah. Oh, but you're you're going to Mexico. You're not going to be stopping. What am I thinking? Duh. It's your son that's going to Alaska that's going to be diving. Wow. Yeah, Roger. I got from first base to second base now. I was getting confused with the family traveling. All right, guys. That's going to wrap it up for the holidays. I will monitor everything. You know, over the weekend, uh, I'm going to do a show Monday. If nobody's here, that's fine. But I'll get up and throw a show together just in case anything's happened. And if I if my show's five minutes, it's five minutes. If you're sitting at home and doing nothing and want to join me, you know, come on at 11 o'clock. And if you don't, I understand because everybody has things to do. Uh, and And... That's fine. But in case you're sitting at home doing nothing and, you know, you might want some company, I'll be there and run my mouth for a few minutes just in case. So I will stay on top of things over the next couple of days, though, and I go live uh, in, in a heartbeat if something major happens. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for today and the week. And uh, Christmas. And as always, guys, I hope everybody has a safe, healthy, and happy holiday. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Think about cruising. Hopefully one day soon we'll all get together on the high seas. Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll see you Monday. I regularly post videos on all facets of the travel and cruise industry. So if you like to keep up with the latest in cruise ships, ports of call, cruises themselves, chilly chats, and travel and cruise industry news, just hit the little subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner, hit the bell notification so you'll be notified when a new video is up or we go live. This video was produced by Chili's Cruises.